something that I love about our team is that it's very diverse. Every, everyone brings a unique strength to the team. Uh, every individual is doing great work. I think so that's why it's been taking a lot of thinking because every individual is doing great work. But we also identified that there are a few things that we can change or tweak inside our process that can make our work even greater. Hey, George. Dan. What uh? What do you got for us today? I have a fun episode. Oh, really? I do. I'm excited. Do you want me to tell you more? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> well, as you know, people product. We love innovation. We love creativity. We love building and designing. But yeah, we do. I would say what we're even more passionate about are getting to know and understand the individuals that are behind the product. Mm-hmm. Hence the name. So what we've been doing uh, for several episodes now is wanting to get more into a day in the life of individuals that are involved in developing digital products. So product managers, test engineers, developers. And today we have a special guest. She is our director of design, and we are so happy to have Pamela Porto here with us. Hi, Pamela. Hi, Dan. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We are excited to speak with you today to get just a better look into your day, um, your role here, what you're passionate about, and we'll go, go, uh, go forward like that. So if you wouldn't mind starting off for us, just tell us a little bit about your role and what's a typical day look like for you. So uh, I'm currently the director of design, but I also have a, it's a bit different at Crema. I still have client work, which I love because that allows me to be in the nitty gritty of our product design work. So my day is normally a combination of meetings and client work. Uh, But I start my day reading reading or listening to audiobooks. I have notifications for that. A15, that's how I typically start my day. I'm always checking on Slack, adding to my teen stand-up channels. This is where I communicate any unavailability on my day, especially now that I have way more meetings in between. I I love it. Way more meetings. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, just a reality. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a reality. Yeah. It's, but yeah. And since COVID too, everything that oh, it's I know. Yeah. So things have changed a bit. Uh, but uh, since my days are split between client work and leadership related uh, activities, I tackle things uh, like preparing for facilitating a meeting or any leadership related commitments in those breaks that I have in between meetings. And I try to leave larger blocks uh, for design work. I really need that time for creativity. (laughs) I cannot do a lot of uh, great work uh, design related when it's just in pockets of time. I really like Mm -hmm. to leave larger blocks on my calendar. So that's how I typically split my day. Pamela, it's funny that you said that. I um, randomly, and you, for those that have been listening to the podcast for a long time, know that my background's in product design. So I was so excited for this. And for whatever reason, I happened to start working on a UI for um, one of our Venture Lab projects. This, just, I picked it up on the weekend and I was just curious about it. 
And I'm with you, like blocking that time to design is so important because once you get in the zone, it's so hard to switch mm. or it's so hard to turn it's it off. It's really hard. It's really yeah. hard to turn it off. Yeah. It's so hard. And I feel like you do your, your best work when you know you have the time to think through the problem. Knowing that you have to finish something in 60 minutes may not be your great your best work. Yeah. Mm. And not that the constraints aren't good, because sometimes it is good to kind of give yourself that constraint to say, like, I, I can't just explore everything forever. Yeah. But um, but yeah, when you know you've got another meeting in 60 minutes, it's really hard to just switch back over and go, oh, I'm going to move a bunch of pixels and try to figure something out mm-hmm. um, and not have the time to actually explore it. So I like to hear that you're you're blocking your day to facilitate yeah, that. Yeah, organization, role. what has been like the biggest, uh, the first learning that I had organizing my mm-hmm. day on a different way. Yeah. Pamela, you said a couple of things I want to come back to. I thought was really interesting. And we're seeing a trend here with uh, the other members of our team that we've had on the podcast is that you're still doing client work and you're really happy that you're doing it. Um, I think it 100% makes sense to me, but tell us a little bit more about like why in your role you feel like um, as being looking at the craft as a whole, but also being, um, in the trenches as well, doing design work, how, do, how does that benefit you? What's the, what's the positive there? I think the positive thing is that, that, that allows me to stay true to what it's happening with every designer mm-hmm. and nothing like having a leader that is distant to what you do, especially me as leader of the mm. design craft. I think that's the best way for me to stay, to, uh, to be with them, staying on trends with design trends, with design tools. That's the only way being in client work. Uh, I don't think I could have the same impact if, if I was not doing design work for clients. Mm-hmm. But I think that keeps me accountable to be always looking for the best for our design team, because I'm going to be looking for the best for me. But mm-hmm. for that, I need to know the process and I need to know what's happening. And I think the only way is by doing client work, especially yeah. in the agency setting. Yeah, absolutely. It keeps you sharp. It keeps yeah, you in the know, not just on trends. What's is, uh, Of course, you're researching, but doing the actual work itself. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, the other thing you said, which I find I love this discipline, is that you begin each day with through reading or audiobooks. Mm-hmm. I love that. What are you currently listening to and what are you reading? So I'm, I, I love Medium. I love yeah. Medium. I think there is great content and very diverse, very uh, diverse point of views. Uh, but also I love Headway, which is an app that oh, has yeah. 15 minutes audiobooks. The summaries, I love going back to books that I already read. Yeah, and that oh, I really love. I I also make. I you have the ability to highlight things that you like, and you can put those on repeat. So mm-hmm. quotes or things that you find that are interesting. So I really love that app. I have I've been using it for almost a year now. That's awesome. I love, I love getting the notification a fifteen too. So I picked either or. You read an article, listen to a book. It's nice. it's good because it's good because yeah, it's. It's related to my work, but at the same time, not necessarily related. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It keeps that aspect, that part of your mind kind of in what's coming in the future, kind of learning, sharpening what's coming down. Um, but it's also about the craft that you're about to jump into at nine or whenever, you know, uh, that aspect of your day works out. I've had some leadership coaches over the year that have have what I've heard this said many times is like, don't start your day checking email or checking Slack because then you immediately get into 
Dan, tell me the quadrants. You get into like high prior or like um, things. Urgent, that, unimportant. Urgent, yeah, urgent and unimportant tasks. Yeah, but the if fires you start, basically. Yeah. yeah, but if you start your day with kind of um, exploring and learning, mm-hmm. you, you basically tune your brain to be thinking, oh, I need to, I need to maybe be thinking about stuff that's beyond you know, what's right in front of me. Not yeah, to say that you don't still have to get back to those tasks. It's still, still a thing, but I, I love that you, you start that day. So you, you say that you start with con, uh, content, reading, learning, and then you go in and kind of make sure you get your standups in, which t- for those who are not familiar, what does a standup look like on your team? So a standup is we use, we do a Slack standups. Yep. And that's basically a way to communicate to your team what you did the day before, what you're doing today, and if in, and a place to communicate if there are any blockers. Mm. So if you are expecting something from another person, that's a great place to put it because the product manager and the client are looking at that daily. So right. everyone on the team adds to their Slack. Normally those are, those are set for 9.15. Mm-hmm. So everyone adds their, what they need to add in there. And it's mm-hmm. great to have them, it's great to have them on Slack. So it's not a meeting that you need to attend for 15 minutes daily. Yeah, it can be asynchronous and then you yeah, can kind of exactly. check back and go, what, what was Brandon gonna do today? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or what was, you know, that's great. That's really helpful. Yeah. Pamela, you've already mentioned a few, uh, just kind of getting more in the nitty gritty, a few tools that you're using, but tell us, um, a product designer at Crema, what, what's typically, uh, if you want to call it the toolbox or what are the tools that the, that you're using on a day-to-day. Our default design tool now is Figma. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless there is a client specific need that we have to jump to sketch or envision Figma, it's been proven to just allow us to do everything in regards to doing UI work, prototyping, getting feedback from clients, and even working alongside with devs. It's just great. So that's our that will be that's our that's our that's our default tool inside mm-hmm. the design team. We also use Miro, which is we use Miro for everything at Crema. But I personally been using it a lot more for the facilitation of meetings when I am facilitating and we're actually moving into using Miro for our bi-weekly design chat. I, what I did is that I created a master board for 2021 and it's been great because every two weeks uh, we come with topics to discuss, news inside the team, wins inside the team. And it's great if somebody has something to show and for show and tell, then if that didn't speak to you at that point, it may in a month or two. So it's really good to have those, to, to have those uh, conversations archived. We also take, no, take notes during the meetings. So it's really good to have those archives. So, oh, maybe that I can use that for inspiration mm. later down the road. So uh, facilitation is a personal goal of mine this year, especially mm. as I jump into this new role. And before as a designer, communication has always been uh, something that I know I need to grow on uh, because communicating my design ideas, explain where they come from and where I want to go with them. It's really important. Mm -hmm. So learning how to communicate, it's a constant in my life. For all of us, for all of us, for sure. And I think as the way that we position our designers is you're, you're at the front of the room, right? I mean, when first meetings, we use design as a tool to communicate as well. Mm-hmm. So 
you're asking, you have to be willing and ready to think about what are the questions I need to ask? Where, where do I have to press into that, um, that feature description mm -hmm. and whether or not you even need that or whether or not you should take a different approach toward it, uh, towards it, or, you know, you guys have to really ask those questions because you're going to be the front line of defense to, to actually bring it to reality. Yeah. To exactly. show the client, the potential of what it could be. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. A mirror is great because you, as a designer, and this is how I see it, you, I gravitate towards visuals always. Me too. So Miro has that visual power, but you still have to use your verbal communication in order to make the, the tool effective. Yeah. So all that verbal communication that is happening in, in, during meetings, it's, it's better because of the visuals you have with Miro. Mm -hmm. I, I see that power on that tool as well. Pamela, you've already started to hint at it, but what, what are some of the new responsibilities as you're stepping up into kind of your director role? You, you mm -hmm. kind of already, you already went there a little bit, like I'm having to think about more meetings and I'm having to think mm -hmm. about facilitation at a different level. And you've already talked about your craft chats. Like, tell us a little bit about what it's like to be stepping up. We're only what a month, almost two months into it. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. tell us a little bit what that, that, that yeah. yeah. Well, I guess my main responsibility is now is learning. I'm a sponge. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm a, I'm a toddler, so I'm learning everything <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> I'm going to use the toddler analogy. Um, I think I like toddler even better than sponge. I'm a yeah. toddler. Uh, yeah. That's so great. I love that. Yeah. So because I, I, I'm definitely, definitely growing on that mindset. So it's been great to have our former director of design be my mentor and uh, having also working on log alongside with the other directors and learning from them, but they, uh, some of them have been uh, on, on this position longer than myself. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. knowing the challenges, knowing how they overcame those challenges, it's been really, it's been really eye-opening because there are a lot of things that I never, I never occurred to me that happened in the background. And it's great now to see how those are addressed how we're thinking about moving crema forward. So it's it's been great to have that visibility. Yeah. So what's been the hardest part of the transition for you? The hardest part of my, of the transition, I don't know. It's been it's been it's it's going as smooth. Uh, it's it's a, it takes a lot of thinking. Uh, I've always thought uh, what's next for our team as a product designer, what can yeah. we do next? Uh, but now uh, being in charge of what is the, what's that thing that is going to move forward, especially as we think crema cannot be the same crema the next two years. What the next two years? What can we do inside the design team? What are those skills that we need to develop that need to be included in our day to day, so we can move our craft forward and collectively achieve these goals? And so mm -hmm. it's it's been more thinking. I don't know. Yeah. If challenging but it's been a lot of thinking like really sure. framing, uh, really framing and representing the design craft team in a good way yeah absolutely i want to press into that a little bit uh, out of curiosity just out of the gate what are some themes that you are thinking about if if crema can't be the same company in the next two years which we, we talk about a lot because you know what are some themes that you're thinking about we've got some gaps or maybe just some areas that we want to move forward towards what, what, yeah. are, you, what are you thinking about yeah, absolutely. So something that I love our team is that it's very diverse. Every, everyone brings a unique strength to the team. 
uh, every individual is doing great work. I think so that's why it's been taking a lot of thinking because every individual is doing great work. But we also identified that there are a few things that we can change or tweak inside our process that can make our work even greater. Mm. And that could be incorporating more user research activities into our workflow. So I'm talking about empathy mapping, user journeys, mm -hmm. experience mm -hmm. maps. Uh, we know the best design is rooted on user research and we do, do, we do these things, but they are negotiables. How can we, make, how can we incorporate this as non-negotiables into our design, uh, design flow workflow? So one of my goals is to figure out how we can, do, we can include this inside our entire uh, product development process. So maybe is it dedicated one sprint to user research? Is it dedicated? Is it dedicating once a quarter a week for user research? So that's one of the that's that's actually the, something that was identified collective collectively. Yeah. So yeah. I I think the best I think it's some it's the best way to work towards goals is when everybody wants to go together. So I'm glad uh, everyone is in the same in the same place in regards to this that we can that that can make our work even greater. Yeah, over the years, we've talked a lot about user research and there are seasons when we've kind of stepped up and started to do more of it. And then it becomes kind of this, like you say, almost like a, well, I guess we can just kind of keep moving forward and keep designing things, keep building things. But you're absolutely right. It's so crucial to the success of any of the products that we work on. Mm -hmm. um, and it has to become, I think we were talking with Rob in one of the previous episodes, it has to become um, a default or standard. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's something we just know that we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And we're not talking about dedicating months and months to use of research oh, yeah. because that wouldn't be that wouldn't be the best for our clients, especially because the nature of our of our work as agencies is that the design process is different from product to product, let alone mm -hmm. from client to client. Mm -hmm. But so I think that's been the challenge. So how do we make this work for every product, every client we work with? Yeah. Pamela, part of your new role too, I know, is uh so we work in cross-discipline product teams as we work with our clients. And the beauty of our new uh, structure is that you also have a cross-discipline team when it comes to craft directors. So director of design, director of development, director of testing, director of product management. As you've interacted with uh, your new coworkers, those other craft directors, um, I can only imagine that you've walked away with, oh, wow, like I've gotten to see a little bit behind the scenes into their new world. Um, what have you, what have you learned from them and what do you think? Oh, I'm going to take that discipline or that habit of what they're in their work day and apply it to my own. The biggest, uh, I guess, uh, the biggest one, if, and this is something that I've learned from everyone at Crema is that leadership style. I think that's been the biggest thing. It's that everyone as directors, they also have that same style that you have. That is, you know, that coaching style type mm. of leadership. Uh, and I think that's a, that's the most approachable way to lead. Uh, it's, it had, it's worked with me when I've been led on that way. So I think validating that that's how also how they have that they have been leading these teams it's been good to hear if giving people little direction to grow and let them achieve whatever they want to achieve. Mm -hmm. It's been good to see that, that everyone else is doing it inside each craft, but also that's a hot as a whole, like 
uh, uh, the whole level, but I guess also how we can improve collaboration. There are gaps inside how we collaborate with product managers, test engineers, mm. developers. So how can we even make our collaboration better? Uh, the great thing is that designers at Crema, we know we're just a piece of the puzzle. There is no such thing as that handoff, right? We need to yeah. Design, yeah, design alongside developers because what we do, it's going to serve them at one point and it needs to serve them well mm -hmm. so having that communication open and keep those things keep those things as default especially as we grow so every so it's easier to onboard new people and make sure they are they're they're using these principles mm -hmm. uh, another one of my one of my goals that i have for this quarter is work on our design principles uh, I love our crema values uh, and those keep us accountable as people, right? But yeah, yeah. We, yeah right. And we have we have a design principles that were written by our the former director Tyler, and those are great. The the, the reason why I love them, it's because normally design principles are tied to a product or a specific company, but uh -huh. the way he wrote them are more are tied to mindset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's great for because it, it's actually how we work like it, like we can tie design principles of product because we are changing clients every time yeah so i mean our are, products are changing all the time right yeah right. we couldn't have design principles uh, that are so it's I, I love them they're tied to uh to a mindset as a designer at crema so now i want to tie them to our crema value so in a way they hold our work accountable, mm -hmm. just like, like our crema values hold us accountable as people. So that, that's a coming for our next design chat, how we tie those together. So they are one thing that really hold us accountable for our work. Especially I started thinking about this in, after working on a quality workshop and mm -hmm. with a, the rest of the craft directors and how we are doing, we know we're doing great work. Uh, how can we make it, how can we make it better, but also how, how keep that quality of work as we grow. And I think mm -hmm. these principles can be a piece to help people know how, what's the mindset of a designer at Crema. Mm. I think that's, you mentioned, you mentioned a couple of different things there. One that I just want to kind of unpack for people listening, because I was the intentionality of the, the, the areas that you're focusing on. First, we've talked before in previous episodes, for those that are not familiar, tell us what a, uh, a design chat is. What does that look like? How often do you do those? Um, what happens inside of a design chat? Uh, maybe first talk about that. Yeah, so they are a, one of the things we want to do, and because it, that was also collective feedback, is that they need to be more structured. But normally, we we come together every two weeks for an hour and a half, two hours, and just talk about new things. Either show something that we want to that we that, that we have that we have done with client work or any internal effort, and they get feedback. And uh, we pick up, we sometimes we read a book and we discuss a book in, in 45 minutes. Uh, we use, a, now that we are distributed, we use a lot of the first 15 minutes just to catch up 
with yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. With How are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're still alive. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's different when you are in the office and you're always yeah. talking and mm -hmm. now we kind of need that time to, Hey, just catch up. How's love going? Right. Yep. So we discuss a, I, I also keep track of the channel, see if things have come up and have them as a topics of discussion. Uh, and if I've heard somebody doing a, a great job on something, I normally ask them if they can do some show and tell. Mm -hmm. uh, especially because I, as product designers at Crema, we don't necessarily work together as designers. We don't have, we're not in the same account, like two or three people in the same account. Yeah, of course. Uh, so we don't get to see the day-to-day -day work, especially now before you could take a pic at the person's computer, but now it's really, it's even harder. So it's great to have that time to just catch up with design, what's happening. We have, before using Figma, we, we had a lot of talks about new things happening within the tool before we pull the transition. So those type of topics. And then you mentioned also a quality workshop. Tell us, I know that's something I don't think we've talked about yet. Tell us what, what is a, what was a quality workshop? So one of the Q1 uh, efforts, or I don't know the word we use, maybe you guys know. Vital objectives. Few. Yeah. Objective. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, for Q1 and Q2 is to uh, to standardize what are the defaults and what makes our work great as of today. So during these workshops, every craft team came together and talked about what's quality for them and what's quality for our client. How do we deliver a client a quality work to our uh, coworkers, also to our clients? And after that, we're gonna define what's gonna make our work even better. And, but we, this is an effort uh, to, to know exactly what we're doing collectively and make sure as we onboard new people, they know what, what great work means at Crema as mm, a awesome. I love that. I love that. And I love that all the crafts are, mm -hmm. are exploring that. All right, Pamela, one last question. As you look down the road, three months, six months, and you're thinking about design and product design as uh, one of the crafts at Crema, what, what's one thing, two things that has you really excited? It could be a trend, something you're really curious about that you're researching. What is just, what are you keeping your eye on when it comes to the design craft? The design craft, mm -hmm. uh, I, I really want to find a way to incorporate user research into our workflow. Mm -hmm. uh, this is something that I'm very passionate about. And I think uh, we just hired a designer that has these mm -hmm. skills and I cannot wait for that to be shared across our design team. So I think that's the next thing. That's a, that's a huge thing that is on my head right now. Yeah. But also what they want, also as for all the designers, what they, they all have individual goals. So I really want to help them. They have a individual client work goals, a individual for their craft growth. So I really also want to help them figure that out, especially with a, our new coaching instructor, mentorship mm -hmm. instructor. I think it's really, it's really going to help those individuals grow in that specific area they want to grow on. Yeah. So good. Pamela, thank you for being with us today. 
This is a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. Thanks yeah, absolutely. Well, your design skill, but also your leadership speaks for itself. Uh, Krima is in a very good place because you are, you are where you are. So again, thank you for being with us. Thank you for being at Krima. George? I, I'm not going to lie. I wish that I had been a designer on a team with Pamela at the lead. I had never, <clears throat> never had that. I'm, I lurked at a tiny thank little you. agency before and just did not have that design leadership. And so I know that the, the team is going to grow so much um, with you, with you leading that. So thanks for doing that. Well, thank you. I appreciate thanks. everything. Thanks for being on the episode. This is fun. Yeah. All right, George, until next time. Hey, I'll see you then, Dan. Okay. See you. This episode of People of Product was produced by Larissa McCarty with support from Gabby Caton, Julie Branson, and Alexa Alfonso. Our hosts are George Brooks and Daniel Linhart. People of Product is brought to you by Crema, a digital product agency. We believe that creativity, technology, and culture can help individuals and organizations thrive. Learn more at crema.us.